1: Pat, the talking bearskin rogue from Flame On, right here on the Nerdy Show Network. If you're looking for some sweet nerdy queer in your ear, then head over to nerdyshow.com slash flameon and check us out. We cover everything from TV to movies, comics to drag queens, and so much more. For a gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, get ready to flame on. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. And just a reminder, both Doug and I are going to be at AVL Scarefest near Asheville, North Carolina at the Montreat Convention Center this weekend, October 19th through the 21st. So if you're in the area, come see us. Tickets are really cheap. We look forward to hearing from everybody who wants to try the game. (music) All right, guys. Design episode siete, number number seven. Yay. Yay. Lucky, lucky number seven. seven. We have a special guest with us today, Mr. Banks. Doug's yes. here. Hello. Uh, welcome back. Hey, how was
0: shooting Saving Mr. Banks? Was that hard? I
2: don't have a funny answer for that. Did you like meeting Tom Hanks? I liked the movie. All
0: right. <laughs> Did you see the new Mary
3: Poppins trailer?
2: It, it looked okay. I liked the trailer for Captain Marvel better.
3: Oh, I
1: don't know who that is. Neither uh, it's, do I. An, it's anime. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, well, we've got only a couple things to go over, but we've got a lot of work to do with step two. Now, a lot of it's Uh already been done, um, but only as a placeholder for things that we can change. Before we get to that, I kind of want to talk about the upper hand. The plus two bonus is fine, but it's also very bland, and I'm not even sure if it's necessary. Like, you almost—we want to have effects that proc off the upper hand that Uh maybe you don't even need the plus two bonus for. Because the chance to hit is so... Wishy-washy, and it's going to matter less... Plus two is going to matter less and less. Maybe the upper hand is enough. What that means, though, is if we want it to matter that you have the upper hand, there need to be more things to take advantage of it than backstab.
0: Definitely, because the only argument against that right now is there's only a handful of things that do anything with the upper hand. Or there's, like, one, really.
1: Or what the upper hand grants you is different from advantage or combat advantage, where instead of you roll twice and use a higher, or you... Do you get a plus whatever your level is? Well, I uh, we don't really have levels. That's yeah. the thing.
2: No, that's true. I guess it's or however steps you have down a certain path of whatever. Maybe. That's a level of complexity that I
0: don't think... I think the level of complexity that it increases, it doesn't give you enough depth. Well, whatever
2: what, whatever your main is. Like, whatever, like, if you're taking the path of the champion and you're, uh-huh. like, three steps down it, what if you just got plus three?
0: How about this instead? You gain steps down paths, give you on the upper hand damage or plus to hit damage focus ones give you plus uh plus one damage more passive ones give you plus one to hit that's not bad hmm. and that way you could you'd be like oh i'm citadel so i have a plus i'm three steps down citadel i have plus three to hit when i uh have the upper hand but i'm two steps champion so i also do two more damage i
1: all right i like that within a path I Maybe maybe the upper hand should confer something that's simple. So it, the way advantage works in 5e is so simple. However, because that game involves a lot less... The, the margins are a lot tighter on uh-huh. our game than on 5th edition. 5th edition, the math is much looser. Yeah. If we used advantage where you just roll tw- twice and use a higher result, it would be game-breaking in many cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's a huge advantage.
0: A dual-wielding champion rogue? Yeah, that, that would be bad. Yeah. Because then...
1: He would crit even more. Think about what flanking gives you, right? Yes, it just makes the enemy harder to watch what you're doing. It's harder to defend two uh-huh. s- two spots at once because they're on the complete opposite. Is there a gameplay mechanic that we could translate to that? Like, um, <sighs> I mean, I
0: think maybe the the greatest advantage of it would be you could pick your spot more. Maybe dig through a layer of armor. What about the classic where the guy in behind bends down?
2: The guy in front pushes, pushes. I love that <laughs> That would idea. be a cool caltrip. Well, I mean, yeah, like, but dang. if it just like a simple rule that applies instantly, no matter what your class is, like, is their AC halved? If their, no. if their attention is... I'm just, I'm, you know, just throwing an idea. Because if you're you're saying if their attention is split mm-hmm. between like, oh, I got people on both sides of me, at a certain point, you're either going to just face one and be willing to take a backstab, or you are so split between the two of them, you can't you can't brace yourself for any incoming attack. So you're way more vulnerable.
1: Yeah, well, okay. So I think, I'm just throwing this out there, because mm. I think it's, even thinking about it makes me think it's too overpowered. In reality, what that would mean is you couldn't disengage, and if you try to attack somebody, either person, the other one gets to make an attack of opportunity against oh, you. Oh, shit. Now, that may be game-breaking. However, that's what it would feel like, right? Yeah. Like You yeah. have to ignore one threat to get another one. Kind of like a easy. challenge
3: to where like you had to pick one to focus on. Like... If yeah. you were you're surrounded by people you had to like, well, I'm gonna focus on this guy and you would take a negative to attacking anyone else. So it's kind of like well,
1: a challenge. Well what if it's just that whichever one you attack the other person gets an attack opportunity and we take away the we take away the problem with disengaging.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. You want to try that? Yeah, let's try that. Because
1: that's better than a plus two. Yeah. And it's more, yes. it, it will that's scale simple. infinitely. Yeah.
2: The only thing is like, if you're an enemy perspective, like that makes sense. Like me and a buddy surround an enemy, the enemy's going to focus on one of us. Right. That makes it really clean and simple. But if you're like a player and you're tanking and you go in and you're like surrounded, how would that work? if you still have the
1: option to disengage which makes more sense than yeah. just not being able to you could disengage one step and if they've got you completely surrounded where you can't disengage but you're already <laughs> fucked anyway yeah, <laughs> like, you're dead you're, you're... i mean
2: I, and if you're like a powerful sorcerer or some shit and you're like trying to make an area of effect like i'm just gonna wade in there and i'm gonna the floor is lava whatever power that you're doing is there any logic to that i have a character where okay. i want to get in close uh-huh. and i just happen to get surrounded maybe my power is that i'm not completely helpless i'm so i'm like level 10 whatever and i'm doing some magic thing that's completely all around well me. i mean if
1: you could teleport if you could you know I or mean? Yeah, like, if, you t- yeah. if you
2: teleport yeah yeah
1: but if you if you jump in and get completely surrounded man that's a risk dude. well yeah <laughs> this,
2: if you're this, low level sure yeah. like...
1: even
0: as this scales forward unless we drastically change survivability if you take five hits in a round yeah even with armor like, you are fucked in general right
2: like if it's like a four-way stop but if you, you could who you go clockwise you know like if what, you could what's get the...
3: surrounded teleport out and leave an aoe oh. I just, oh my God, you, I just
2: figured I just <laughs> yeah. I just figured it out. Yeah. If you're surrounded and I say I'm gonna focus on the guy here and he's in front of me, then it's the person right behind you.
1: That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, cause yeah. it make it makes sense too, because that's what's happening when you try to cast a targeted range attack in somebody's yes. face, they're hitting you because you're not actively dealing with them.
2: In my head, I didn't want it to become like every bad eighties Kung Fu movie where the ninjas come in and they attack the hero one at, one time. at a time.
1: If it's a four way stop, which we can't have because it's a fucking it's hex I grid. know but yeah, just it's that's a a hex head. grid. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean you can't have four people and there are two pair flanking you. Sure. Right? So it would only apply to the person that has the upper hand versus the you. Yeah, versus that specific attack. Yeah. So if you attack somebody, the other person that's granting them the upper hand gets it against you. Well, yeah. actually maybe not, because now what about if you're knocked down? I imagine if you're knocked down, you grant the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. So
3: let's say you're knocked down and you have a person in between you and you have another person. Right. Or are we talking about if you're knocked down in the middle?
1: Let's say you're knocked down, there are three people, uh huh. and you attack one of them, who, which one of the other two get to hit you? I'm saying both in that scenario.
2: Yeah, so maybe, yeah.
1: maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. got to find a way to disengage. Down? You have the upper hand. I mean, sorry. They have the upper hand against you if you're knocked down. Right. You gotta, you gotta move. You gotta right. get out of there because that is a punishing place to be.
2: They're gonna curb stomp you. But in okay. real life, yeah. it is. Yeah. That's We're done. That is yeah. The fight is over.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you get the upper hand by flanking, the person not flanking you gets to make the attack. If it's because you're, well, actually, just no. Whoever,
0: whoever it, has the upper hand.
1: Yeah. Anybody who has the upper hand against you gets to make an attack if you don't hit them. Yes. I don't think we have any blast attacks that are from your square. No.
2: Do like a a self preservation magic where if you do fall prone or if you do fall down, you send fire out or some shit. You know <laughs> like, that'd be fun. I,
1: we could we could I, do that later I, steps, well, I Yeah, could,
0: yeah, I could see there being a a centered on you. Yeah, fire just a, blast, a radiant blast. You guys, you guys yeah. yeah, like a you know what a
3: bouncing Betty is. Yeah, the mine that jumps like four oh, feet yeah, in the air. Yeah, yeah. what if that said so like you're on the ground, so it it shoots up like three feet in the air over your head and just goes.
1: Well, I was thinking you were the mind, so you'd, like, fart out of your ass and oh, propeller yourself yeah. in the air. That would work for the gelt, I think. And then all four arms, spinning attack, all, all, four, all four limbs just shoot flames. Well, you would need uh, to... Yeah, well, and, and we okay. can also say yeah, that... Farts already have a have an answer for this. Well,
3: the fart would need rotation.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and if How would
3: we, that work? And
0: if we get a class who does do a melee sweep attack and it goes everywhere because you're including the attack you don't take an attack of opportunity yeah because you're you're dervishing yeah essentially
1: if if anybody's not included in your attack action they get to make an attack against you if they have the upper hand if they have the upper hand yeah 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 okay i like this idea i like it a lot i didn't think we'd come up with something that simple man well simple's best that makes being surrounded so terrifying but it should be
0: yeah and it should no 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 i'm saying that's the way the game is Playing Right now is a little more inherently conservative than D&D or Pathfinder, but I kind of like that because the stakes don't have to be tacked on outside
1: of the game mechanics. Right. Yeah. And the last two sessions, Keith has played very conservatively. Yes. And we're like, why don't you just go in there and hit him? And he's like, that doesn't work for me. First two combats, I fell down twice. twice. He's been proven right. He has been incredibly effective the last two combats because he has been more conservative. He's done way more damage.
2: Because, dare I say, we're trying to make a quote-unquote more realistic... I wouldn't thing? I wouldn't go that far. No. <laughs> I
1: would say I would say it would make it more I mean, elegant comparatively speaking more realistic. Maybe. Well, here's the problem too is that we are not making a simulationist game, which is what they no, tried no. with uh, Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 edition and even even Pizo with Pathfinder goes a little bit that direction where that's why you have so many s- fucking skills.
0: There's a lot of granularity there, yeah. I think what we're going for is a a more story telling the, the driven experience is it, you know. Well, I think the tone is not realism. The tone is more Game of Thrones than Lord of the Rings. Characters yeah. can and will
2: die. It's mm-hmm. a Making mistakes feature. are punished. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have any of us ever played GURPS? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Way back in the day.
2: What is your guys' opinion of it? Complicated. The amount of
0: rules that are specific to everything you're trying to do, saying that GURPS is one thing is not correct. Is that the game with the Play Doh grape and you gotta smash no, it? No, yes. they're all they're <laughs> all they're all D
1: sixes. It's a very good RPG.
0: The superhero one I played was great. The
2: Cyberpunk one I
0: played was awful is
2: that do you chalk that up to the mechanics or to the dm that well here's the problem man
0: i would say like i didn't enjoy the cyberpunk mechanics because there were things that were over designed that looked important on paper that as soon as you sat down you realized it didn't really play out the way it even played out in your head there was a disconnect between what was in the book and how it actually played out Mm
1: -hmm. okay i like that answer we all agreed Yeah. yeah okay then next week we're trying that out that's going to be scary. It's going to be scary, but I think it also, the Ooh. way you guys play, it's going to play to your benefit. Provided there's any yeah. combat next week. We don't know. And I think the interesting thing will be the immediate question. When you go back to three five. they had, uh, I think it's called Gang Up. When you have a large creature? So instead of getting uh, just a plus two from flanking, you get like a plus four. Everybody does. Yeah. Because you really surround them. This solves that problem. It yep. scales no matter how many people you have, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. It scales with every extra person that has the upper hand.
0: Their health is going to have to be significantly higher.
1: Well, yeah. Or their armor. Oh, yeah. You know, we have that option now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, And I've been very satisfied with the way armor has played out. I don't feel like it's too overpowered or underpowered. I feel like it is. Ex- it plays exactly like I'm expecting it to play as a as yeah. the GM. When I attack Max's character, I feel like it does the damage it's supposed to do against him. And I know what those mm-hmm. enemies are getting into by attacking you. Speaking of scaling one thing i was thinking of and one of the biggest problems but we're very similar to fourth edition in the sense that we have per scene so encounter abilities daily mm-hmm. abilities at wills right one of the biggest problems with 4th edition is, is power creep, right? One of the inherent problems of having per-encounter abilities or per-scene abilities in our case is that the more of them you have, the less you have to use at-wills because you can just line the bed. If somebody only goes step one down anything, they've got like 15 at-wills, you know, mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got 15 encounter powers or per-scene powers and they, they never have to do anything else and they're extremely powerful. What if, to mitigate that so you could balance later encounters, mm-hmm. we limit the number of per-scene ability abilities you can use in a scene and maybe you can only use one daily per day but you get to pick it on the fly you've got dailies you've got a bunch of them and you're like this is the most appropriate but it's a daily if i use my daily my daily ability all, is all finished.
2: other dailies are, are,
3: yeah, are locked enough, out for the day
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: and per scene we we'll just lock it this is the scene you get to use one per scene action
2: well
1: i would think maybe maybe two two per scene
0: maybe I two was, per scene right. actions. i was gonna say like we don't have a lot of rounds of combat so that that works out the thing about limiting dailies to one a day is How many of those reasonably are you going to get? So step three is when we're going to start introducing dailies,
1: or two? We're going to talk about that today. All right. Um, And they're extremely powerful. And the the idea that you would be too worn out to do something with that power again in the same day? Yeah, makes sense. Well, it should. It should make sense. Um, However, we have utility abilities that are daily and per scene. Do we limit those to the same thing, or is it only attacks?
0: The advantage of the enemies is the enemies don't only have to exist for a
1: scene. Can you elaborate? I'm sorry.
0: Uh, if you have a daily utility power, I, I do want to separate those
1: from attacks. Well, what if we beefed up the utility powers? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's not an attack, but it's a daily, and you got to choose between that and attack. But man, it might save somebody from dying right now.
0: We'll see how it plays out.
1: Well, how I, about I, we I just talk about attacks then? Yeah. Because I feel like that's easier to conceptualize than the myriad abilities you're going to get.
0: It I also, just think it, it also just feels like utility powers, that's going to come down a lot to the player's ability to think spherically. The reward of utility ab- abilities sits heavier on the player's side. And uh, you want to reward good behavior and good players and try not to make things that innately hamstring people who are a little duller.
1: If you are a player who doesn't like to get deep into mechanics, mm-hmm. you just go... I'm going everything champion, just right right down the line champion. You're going to have, by step 10, you're going to have like four per scene attacks and three dailies or, you know, whatever the numbers are. I think if you just have them and you're like, all right, well, you know what? I'm just going to use this one. And it locks out the others. You're like, fine. I mean, this was most appropriate right now. I don't don't think it's that complicated because it's a lot simpler than prepared spells, right?
2: Well, it's it's almost in the name. If this is a per scene, this is your one for the scene. That's it. Once
1: per scene, you can do
2: any of these. Once per day, you can do any of these.
1: I feel like two per scene abilities yeah. might be good, but maybe one if they're tough enough. Well, but here's the problem. We've got racial. So when you start, you get a racial per scene attack, period. Mm-hmm. You get it. At step one, you get a per scene ability. So you've got two to start. Yeah. You should be able to use both in and one al- scene. Yeah. Also, it's fun to chain some of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is maybe also why I would like the utilities to be there. Having fun chain abilities internal in your character is really cool and really fun. And okay. that feels like part of the character. Well,
1: let's let's leave the utilities off. We'll say yeah. there's no limit other than what it describes, but the attacks are limited. Yeah. So if it's a per scene attack action, you get two of them per scene. If it's a daily action, you get one per day.
0: They're also functionally going to be utilities that are used outside of combat. Sure. Yeah. When we get to step three, we've talked yeah. about this yeah. a little
1: bit, that there will be some uh, utility actions you can do outside of combat that you can also use within combat for character mm-hmm. flavor stuff. We're on board for two per scene, one per day. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be interesting for people who are playing Tolden who automatically get three per scene abilities to start with. They have three to pick from. It's like a deck of cards. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. You can only play two and you got three. You have more options than everybody else. I feel like that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it should feel.
2: Yeah. yeah, but you're not going to have the one player who's just a total badass nonstop, always doing your per scene one after another. Yeah, yeah right. It's like you, you're, you're kind of, it's like an equalizer.
1: Really, I feel like us as designers, it's going to help us with scaling up difficulty of encounters. It's a lot easier to increase them linearly if you know that, Somebody doesn't have every turn. He's going to use a scene ability yeah, that right. does triple weapon damage. You know what I mean. And then some some guy has one percine ability, but he's got three dailies. You know, as
2: as fun well, as it was yeah. in that one D D campaign where I was the wizard and I oh, was just yeah. stringing those magic missiles one after another with all these just finding the, the loopholes. daily and utility yeah. abilities yeah. They've seen it all. And it's like, all right, here's five magic missiles for you. For no it's reason. really
1: hard to manage. It really is.
0: As we go through the playthrough, we might want to do things where like, oh, you only get two percene attack abilities except for your racial, which you always have access to because it doesn't scale as well with every other one. And it might get buried, so we might throw that in. I haven't ever used my racial. It would literally not affect me at all. If someone gets up close enough.
1: You've done a good job of making sure it doesn't happen. You could easily think of a way it could.
0: Oh, yeah. But it's also weirder because one of its best utilities is that it's a reaction.
1: That's a good moment if you have to choose, like, okay, I got hit. I only get two per abilities. Do so I want I this gotta, to be yeah. the one? Do I want this to be the one? It's, it Then it becomes closer to the card game mechanic where you're like, mm, no, I'm going to hold it back. Yeah. I'm going to save it because I got this other thing I want to use. I was on the uh, Game Design with Richard Pullman podcast, and he, we were talking about bad GMs and how do you regulate that? And like how do you keep it from being a GM who's just monologuing you his story and there's no collaboration really within it? Like You have to fit within it, and if you go the wrong direction, you are harshly punished. How do you prevent that? How do you incentivize the GM to just be better (laughs) you know how do you do it
2: you gotta toughen up and you gotta talk (laughs) (laughs) after the game before the game you gotta talk i don't think there's a way you can play the game to make the gm better
1: well here's the problem is that some gms don't feel like they are a player they're Mm -hmm. the person overseeing it and they built the world but josh is there something you want to tell us well no i'm playing the game with you guys and i'm rolling in front of you always because Uh because i want to be like here's a choice i made i even tell you the hit bonus yeah you know what it's going to be because I want you to see what's going on. Uh, And I did that before we were designing an RPG because I enjoy that aspect of like, we're all playing a game. However. Well, and you also
0: played with a group where you never felt like you needed to cheat. And when you were going to cheat, you were
1: like, this happens. We're not even going to like, you just like, we're not going to roll for this. This happens. I like the idea that like, hey, this thing screwed up and it's a game mechanic that screwed up. Or it's just, this is going to ruin our fun. Yeah. Like we all just kind of talk about it and then we just decide to go a different direction. It's not like some secret no. thing.
2: I, I don't I don't know what you what power you have as a player to make a GM
1: better. That's what I want to bring up. And I don't need an answer for this, but I do kind of want to raise the question in case anybody gets some good ideas later. Is there a way the players could reward the GM? Hmm. Cause I'm handing out momentum to you guys. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to imagine other people in my seat. Maybe this is their first RPG. Uh huh. It would feel really good if you're a new GM for players mm. to be like, you get, this every, awesome. everybody's like, hey, mm. everybody, that was great, right? Everybody agree? You get you get plus momentum. But I mean, momentum right. as a mechanic for GMs, what would that mean? Um, I don't know. The,
2: I haven't played it, but I know that Edge of the Empire has mechanics similar to that, where you spend light side or dark side points. It's not like momentum at all, but the idea that if you do something that's like dark side related you, or you spend that point, you're basically giving that point to the GM to use later knowing that it yeah. may come back to bite your ass that's a very specific thing it's not to reward the gm it's more of like i'm gonna do something you're trading it yes you're trading yeah like you're making a deal with the yeah. devil Where you are like i'm gonna get to do this now and i'm gonna do some weird cool sith shit but that means the gm later is gonna take something of equal
1: strength to maybe come at me later well the problem too though is that how do you keep it from being like Oh, well, you know what we like you, and you didn't kill us, so here's yeah <laughs> here's bribery. Some momentum. yeah yeah, here's some bribery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know um like, I mean I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there is a reasonable answer for this in this kind of game, but the idea is really intriguing. We already do something different than other
0: tabletop games in the way we play it. the gm lays out the roles in front of us, so if you want to cheat, you have to spend momentum that is rewarded by your players. We're like, I really want this to happen, but you need enough good karma banked. I don't really want this to happen. I don't want you to, like, one-hit KO this guy. I'm going to pull out some momentum. This guy is more important to the story than
1: you thought. Well, I don't But I mean, then players
2: I mean, are going to start withholding
1: momentum from giving it to the GM. Because it introduces risk to them. Yeah. Whereas, like, it doesn't introduce risk to me to give you guys momentum. I mean, you could do it to make something go off, but I want that to happen. Like, I want yeah. you guys to succeed, even if I'm playing against you. Like, my goal is not to kill you guys. It, I mean, my goal isn't not to kill you guys. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to... Facilitate the game. I,
2: I think it's a, it's an interesting concept to think. Is there something if the GM does something that blows everyone's minds, the players can say, "Oh, here's momentum for that." Like, what's the equivalent of that? Yeah. But you bring up the point of like, well, how does it not just become brown nosing? It has to introduce here's, here's some kind of the, risk. Yeah. Well, then you, there's always going to be the one player who's like, "Oh, that was so genius. Let's give what, it up." You know, what, like
0: every player at the table has to agree to do it. That's it has ne- never going to happen. It's here's, never going to happen. That's fine,
1: but it's got to be unanimous. That'll
0: and, never happen. And you're already... <laughs> Two-thirds <laughs> majority.
1: No, no, no I think I think it will. Like, I think, And... I, I, I understand what Liam's saying. And
0: here. you're already presenting a back and forth. It is risky to give the GM momentum to do things, but you also do want to be on good terms with your GM. You but why do, doesn't you, the
2: GM just make a momentum out of thin air for the, for the NPCs that they're rolling for? Can't. How do you Magically know? So make it. So wait. so I'm rolling, have... I'm rolling
1: in front of you. Yeah. You, yeah, but you if know you, if I'm going to roll but if, it certain, if you're
2: like, I really want this one bad guy to get away.
1: Like yeah. the whole point is that they're going to fight all right. and they're going to get away. I have an idea and maybe this is dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> but it might be fun. What if, let's say it takes 100. Okay. 100 points. Arbitrary numbers. Or whatever. All right. Yeah. Let's say 100 points. If the DM gets 100 of them, he can resurrect anything you've killed for later use yeah.
2: i like that idea too but then every time i reward a gm for for stuff i don't know well, there's one more i'm gonna keep track and make sure guys don't give them any more and it's like as soon as Here's, it's a game i feel like
1: that's easy to track though i mean yeah. you you're tracking your experience this may be more appropriate in a different game like but i feel like the idea warrants discussion house rules free parking
3: monopoly house rules free parking you put all the taxes all that stuff what if that momentum you're giving the gm or whatever yeah and it gets to a certain point and then they can roll to add that to another player momentum. So, like, you've been giving the GM, and all of a sudden, something that you would have gotten three momentum for, now you're getting 15 momentum. Because the GM is like, that was fucking cool, and it's added to their the The, their the GM can do that
2: anyway. If, they, if, it, if it's that funny, if it's No, it's like a thing.
0: an automatic thing that happens that you it, can
3: control. Like a tipping control. point. So the more GM, the more momentum you're giving to your GM, like the
2: more they're doing it, the like better that they like can that like something. that quarter game at the arcade. Exactly. Where all the coins yeah, where are all laid coins out. Like, <laughs> if I just keep putting more in here, it's going it to spill out all of let's them. Let's Say we
3: have a spinner. It gets to a <laughs> point, and you spin it, <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh, player four, you get, and then he all does something crazy, momentum. and he's
0: like, "All right, well, I needed to spend nine momentum to do that. There are three players. You each get three because you just you just did something crazy. You just overcame a situation in which God came down and changed the universe.
3: So it gets to a point where like. Now they can just push all that momentum out back onto you. So you're paying into something that can come back into you and it makes it more fun for the GM, which he
0: can use to create interesting fights that you have to get through. But then you're rewarded because it was interesting
2: fight. I may not be hearing you right, but this is what I'm hearing. You're talking about like GM, that was a great job. Let's all reward you however many points the GM can then say, oh, I'm going to take those points and I'm going to make a new encounter that I otherwise wouldn't have done. That's like a bonus round. Okay, let's say I have the person who's going to be the big bad. Yeah. And the big bad is part, like, he's just a regular soldier of the of this army. Yeah. And then you guys are cutting through the army. Uh-huh. I want that one character to get away because he's the
1: prince yeah. who's inheriting whatever, but you well, don't know that. Well, let's say they kill him. Yeah. And, and then let's, you're like, yeah. I got a good idea. And I've earned enough points to be like, he didn't die.
2: But couldn't you just do that without it, them knowing anything? Anyway? You
1: absolutely can. You can. I'm, I'm just worried, trying to say, developing story. a
0: system to reward <laughs> the GM and to involve to do the GM. We make it a Padme situation.
3: I don't, but, right? it, but it
2: also feels I, 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 okay. Cool, but I don't think that's forcing the GM to be a better GM.
1: No, I, I agree with you. However, the idea of it, I think, is attractive to GMs who are like, okay, well, I mean, if, if you're don't...
2: open, if you're open to that, you're probably already a good GM. No, probably, this well, is the okay. carrot. We're just adding but a carrot. It,
1: but it layers in a
0: system where if you're learning to be a GM in this system, put good habits in the beginning. Hmm.
1: I mean, I think we got. We kinda of have the idea of the question in place. Right. right. Let's let's move on. There's no that, easy answer to this. No no no. Well there might be, <laughs> but we're not we may not think of it tonight, and it's frankly not that important right now. We have a system that works. I trust everybody here to GM, you know. God, with, I want to GM so bad. Okay, well you'll be next then.
3: I'm not playing an anime game.
2: You got I want I want you to GM you, you, you need to GM an anime, an anime game. game I'm not playing a You've been, you've you've been secretly
0: it. playing Berserk you know for what? the last You know just
2: time. play an anime game but don't tell him it's an anime game and he won't know
0: I'll take
3: a hiatus 6 months hiatus from uh, a <laughs> home
1: <laughs> The other question was like can players have too much freedom in their choices of what they're going to do in the story
2: I think if you're a bad GM
1: I think the answer is kind of yes, but I feel like everybody. I feel like that's the session zero problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you don't have session zero, you're gonna have everybody who wants to go in different directions. Uh-huh. You know, you haven't agreed on the kind of game you want to play. And what and about what
2: yeah. if you start off like doing a sandbox where you just say, you know what, you guys tell me where you want to go, and I'm gonna generate it up real quick before you go out there.
1: Well, I feel like everybody. If everybody agrees, like I want to do this, I want to do this. They're gonna work yeah. it out. They'll <laughs> figure it out, and then the GM will will do it. But the GM's nervous about improving that kind of thing. It's understandable, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, if you don't know the system that well. It's going to make you nervous. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think players can have too much freedom. Like, I love the moments in combat where somebody's like, okay, not one of my abilities. However, could it be possible that this we try to figure out a way to do this thing? I'm like, that sounds awesome. Let's go for it, you know?
0: Can I light the catapult on fire? Yeah.
3: Can
1: I roll to destroy the sword of legend?
3: Too much freedom, I think. I don't believe so because what to you define con- too much freedom. Well, you're constrained by your players. Like you want to continue having a good game. Like in all reality, Kelton should quit the archaeology project. Like after all this shit, it's not archaeology anymore. He should leave. But you he's call not this going- archaeology <laughs> exactly. Like but constrained by the group. That's not fun. I'm not
2: going to, you know. Yeah. But what, well, it's more what,
1: fun of the guy being like, "Why are we even doing this?" It yeah. is fun to play that exactly, character. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: but really, but what how how would anyone def- how do you define too much freedom? What would be something a player wants to go, "No, nah, that's too much freedom," where you're like, "I don't have this ability, but I want to do it anyway?"
1: Okay, forget about players. Can GMs have too much freedom? I think yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that yes is, is the absolute true. answer.
3: I think most people quit role-playing games because of GMs like that.
0: Um narcissistic ones who make the game about them or their their pet character, but yeah, they, they
1: that, make a that, they make a character that the whole game revolves around and yeah. can't die. But that's like, not yeah. too
2: much freedom. That's them ignoring the rules. I think it's too that's much. The, the, I mean, in, it, inherent in the much rules freedom,
1: is I can do what I want. Right. Fuck but, you. That's, but
2: that's that's like a homebrew rule that they make up at the table. Like, if you say in the rules, you don't say, P.S., GM, you can do literally whatever you want. Feel free to ignore all these rules. They do say that. Yeah. They do, but that's like only if it means it like make, makes it a better game.
3: I think Heinlein would say, you have freedom, but you have
0: more responsibility yeah. to the group. You are in charge of your friends having a good time or a bad time. You're the computer in the computer yeah. game.
1: That is another incentive for finding a way to reward a GM yes. just because. It tells that GM how they're doing, o- other than like the effect it has on the game.
3: Well, like we'll give them citizenship. I'm reading Starship Troopers for the tenth time.
1: Okay, I love it. The only way to combat too much freedom, other than an incentive, a separate incentive for the GM, is rules that are clear that aren't contradictory, which yeah. is going to be yeah. extremely difficult. Because every easy every, to say. every
2: power is an exception to a rule.
1: There's a story. I used to work at GameStop, and this guy got out of a Magic tournament. And he's like, my brother is the biggest asshole in magic because on the card it says you lose next turn when you play this. And he's like, all right, it's next turn, you lose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's, but that's definitively not what it means, right? But you know,
1: it does say that, and it can be interpreted very plainly as that. But but wrong, you lose next turn. Which is, I mean, everybody knows that's not what it means. That's why
0: judges exist, because they come over and they would be like, no, yeah. If you try to pull that stuff in GPs and stuff, you can be disqualified.
3: But who
1: can overrule the GM other than just walking out? See what I mean? I think
3: that should be a a preface in the thing, but like, listen, this is how most
1: groups
2: break up. The the number one rule should be your player should be having more fun than your self-satisfaction of pulling off a story.
1: Yeah, maybe. Like, or maybe like this is your game together. Well, this yeah. is your story together. This yeah. is not you as the GM writing a story. Like, like, you you're... you are
2: sacrificing your time to make sure they have a good time. Yeah, but and not they, and that, but like, enter
1: the social. Like maybe we should just have a section about the social contract of playing a game like this. Yeah, but like, you're yeah. you're building the skeleton,
3: but they're adding everything else. Like you you're not responsible for everything. Let them run, and you're going to discover things
2: that you're, you you're responsible for making sure they have fun with with the choices that they make. But you're also having fun. Like yeah, if, you're doing if it you if right. you let
3: if you let them run wild. It's going to be a much better game than you ever thought it could be, and a different one.
2: Unless the players are total shit and they're just being murder hobos and they don't, you know what I'm saying? Like well, even
1: you can have fun with murder hobos. Murder hobos could, can be fun. but
2: like if, but if you have a team of me monsters, you, yeah. be, you
1: could just outline the social contract. If, it's like, as a GM, here's what you Everyone's don't do. sign this before we. Play. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> just, just in general, <laughs> where's right. it, it, It's like, and as a player, here's some rules because your yeah. GM is taking a lot of time out to do this for you. Stay off your fucking cell phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, don't, well, again. This is
2: something that you should go over in session zero.
1: Yeah, yeah but I think I think you should if you're like here's your responsibility as a player. Yeah. Because this person put a lot of shit in there. And there's other people around the table. You need to pay attention when combat's happening. Combat order is not break time.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's it's also a situation where if we're we're looking at you know, murder hobo- hobos versus narcissistic GMs, the system already makes murder hobos hard to do. Yeah. Sure. With the way
2: that slots work, with the way that momentum works and how it feels. Doesn't momentum help against a narcissistic GM?
0: Yeah, immediately, because the more important you are to the story that is that is represented by yeah. momentum, the, literally the harder it is for you to die.
2: And if you have a narcissistic GM who's just like not giving out momentum, and you're yeah. spending momentum, and you're doing amazing badass shit, and like, all right, fine, you you kill you kill whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't control for bad friends. Yeah, you,
2: you can't. Yeah, what, yeah I, as but, what I'm saying,
0: but you have the added bonus of you have a metric for how shitty is If he's if he's being stingy with momentum and you know it yeah. because you have it in the rulebook book. And you just like, pulled off it'll be in the rulebook or like this is this is how it works. You, then you you can know quantitatively if you, how stingy he's being and you can be like fuck you, I know you're
2: wrong. If you ever do anything that gets high fives from around the table and your GM is frowning, you you're know You're not having a good time yeah. up. <laughs> doing
1: this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's put that to bed for the moment. Because I feel like the answer for that is that's an ongoing philosophical gaming conversation.
3: Because it is the internet, we should probably come up with another term than murder hobo. Why? That is the
1: term the internet uses.
3: That's the term the
2: internet understands. The internet is where I
1: heard that term. Granted, I heard a lot of other stuff on the internet that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast. (laughs) Kleptomaniacal indigent.
0: (laughs) It rolls right off the tongue. It's so uh, poetic.
1: So, okay, let's get into step two. Yes. Step two is where our characters get dailies serious daily attacks Dope. as well as uh, i think features for most people let's just go down the line you guys want to do this i
0: do want to do a quick timeout and just have a very general question about step two dailies what is their purpose like what is the the mission statement of step two
1: i think the step two is like you're good enough at this that you get a special nearly game saving move that takes a lot out of you should it make up for deficiencies? Should it add a new
0: layer of depth to a thing? Or should it be the things you already do, but harder?
1: I don't think there's a blanket answer for that. There's a few paths that are not very deficient in things.
2: Yeah, you know, are very I mean? generalized. Yeah. But you don't want to have a character wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to try something that I've never done before. And Because like,
0: my example is the character that I'm playing, great damage dealer does area effect damage. When we go step two, does he get another cool area effect damage or does he get an actual specific one shot?
1: So right now, for instance, the first one we're going to do is champion. He has an ability that does triple weapon damage, which Mm -hmm. is similar to his step one per scene attack, but it puts him in a stance that he can end whenever he wants to that until the stance ends, whenever an enemy makes an attack opportunity against you, your next attack gains a extra weapon damage and then that stacks until you use it, so maybe fire gets something where it augments you until the end of the scene. I don't know if that's appropriate because this one requires you to make a sacrifice every time. But it's like you're just you're reckless. Like mm-hmm. the idea is that you've changed. You're like oh, I'm going for it, dudes. You know, and and you're going to invoke a tax mm-hmm. of opportunity just to get extra damage to use against people.
2: Well, I'm I'm trying to think of dailies that I had in in D D before, and they were all very different. Yeah, one was like a sharpshooting one the other one when i played the monk it was just like a stance that i took and just dealt more
1: damage like around me
2: i don't know they they felt very different
1: i feel like let's just take them one at a time. case by case all right all, all right. right so we're looking at champion first all right yeah right now it does triple weapon damage plus strength mm-hmm. i almost want to reduce that to two weapon damage because of the ongoing effect
3: How about yes. four weapon damage plus strength <laughs> that could work too speaking not as a champion
1: and then they get a feature on step two called Manhunter, and you gain the upper hand against targets that are slowed or immobilized. Okay, that works Which for me. I feel like it's very general, but useful. That you have that period, the end, until... Yeah, if, you're, if you're picking that path, that seems in step with sense, the type
2: right? of... The, the, I right. want to play that type of character. That's why I chose that path. You know? As we go on, we're going to do a
0: daily and a feature?
1: Yes. Okay, great. Now that we've changed the upper hand, that sounds way cooler.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the champion one is two weapon damage and you can stack opportunity attacks into a, a weapon damage for a, a final blow
1: yes all right App- opportunity attacks that are done against you yes even if they don't hit dope every time you provoke yeah it it does it so
0: that can lead to a very
3: cinematic moment kind of reminds me of casey jones from the just movies movie because he's just like like bouncing around hit me
0: hit me come on and then he then he does his can you use this with an at will yeah okay
1: you can use it with everything
0: all right yeah yeah
1: including things from other paths Um, as long as it involves a weapon. And then they get a per-scene utility action, which we might want to move to step three, called Iron Jaw. It's immediate reaction. And you gain shielding, which is temporary hit points. It's like Mm -hmm. Power Word Shield in World of Warcraft. Equal to your strength, plus your endurance, plus 1d6. And the damage that triggered the ability is not mitigated by it. Okay. I feel like that's good. I kind of want to move that to step three, though. I think one daily, one feature. Yeah. yeah, That's That's a big move already, yeah. Uh If we move it to step three we can increase the amount that it shields you for. Yeah. Okay. Step two of Citadel, Juggernaut Stance, which is another stance. And it says, uh, you decide that enough is enough and woe to anyone who stands in your way. I should say woe betide those who stand in your way. Because it sounds cooler. Until the stance ends, whenever you use unstoppable force, which we removed, you may choose to either knock a target down instead of pushing it. And if you choose to push the target and it cannot be moved, it is immobilized until the end of next turn and takes additional damage equal to your strength. That's fine. It does not feel equivalent to what Champion is doing. It does not. What's a good daily ability for Citadel? What's a defensive thing that you'd be like, once per day I can do this to defend my friends? I mean, you could increase your armor by 50% for like 3 it, rounds or but i mean that's so general comparatively yeah. i mean it's really powerful if you think about it but it's
2: like if you're playing defense and you're like now's the time to do my special move to defend harder yeah it's like uh, you would i don't know like it's like a almost
3: sh- like kind of like a hip check in a what do they call it array is it for a straight line to oh, like a vector a vector maybe knock down up to like like a vector 3 so, like, you hip check, that, that's right. still oh, so, like, a crowd assaulted. of enemies?
1: I may, have, I may have an answer for this. Okay. What if, it's an immediate reaction, an ally is reduced to zero hit points, you can move up to your speed without invoking attacks of opportunity and take the hit for them and immediately deal an attack to that character? Yes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
2: A character is getting hit, and yes. they're about, uh-huh. and they're about, to, and like this hit would knock them down. Yes, you're basically
1: saying that didn't happen. Yeah, you're because saying you're saying I I see that, right. and I leap in front of it. I like, leap in front of it. I take that damage,
3: like Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you just keep referencing,
2: just like Kevin Costner. In this like. There's the second
1: Kevin Costner yeah, yeah. movie reference. Second Bodyguard um, reference.
2: Yeah,
0: I like that. That it's a daily. Yeah. Sure. Here's you know. the thing that would
1: maybe it does double weapon damage. If you no. hit, yeah. right and what was double the, up and damage because yeah. you're usually going to do one-handed. And and, and and if you and if you save the target, like so, you hitting the enemy is not contingent on it saving the target. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it good.
2: Yes. And and the rule about the speed was you move your speed without invoking an attack of opportunity. But yeah. what, what if the character is too far away?
1: Then you can't just, do it. They just don't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I mean, you wouldn't be able to do the champion one either. yeah you know, yeah, They gotta be in, healer. like if
0: someone's outside of the yeah, movement sorry, square of the tank, yeah. you fucked up. Yeah. yeah,
3: healer, don't move five paces away from the tank. Yeah, yeah. Alright, I'm gonna write. Okay. this
0: down. Yeah, that's, alright. I, I think the thing that we should think about as we make these is... What's the badass moment? Well, yeah, what is the moment that is created by this thing? Because the champion doing a cool hit against something, getting essentially enraged, yeah. and then running through a bunch of dudes, and then one-shotting of the big bad having that moment knowing that could happen is really cool having the citadel character the tank no go like take it and then just deal a bunch of damage back save a character that that's a moment where an entire scene can change yeah like that's a that's a dime it's also very
1: in tone with citadel yes if you
2: yeah if you land it that can become a very memorable moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but that's mean, good. And that so, can
0: endear a character to another character
1: or yeah. a player to another player. Like what happens in The Bodyguard. Oh, just, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you, even if you have like a spear, as long as you're adjacent to the ally, mm-hmm. no, you have to be you have to be adjacent to the enemy to intercept the damage, I think. Okay. Or or you have to Do you be... you need to the, be
0: adjacent to both?
1: Maybe you have to be within okay. range of the enemy and you intercept the... No, you got to be adjacent to that ally. Yeah, you got to be. And adjacent. The,
0: I think you have to be adjacent to both. I don't think so. Now, well, when you, no, I no, guess no, no, if no, they well, do arranged and you have arranged, it should work too. What so, do you, so
2: define just real quick, so I'm clear. Define adjacent. You mean like literally in the square next or the the hex next?
1: What right? if what if you push the ally one square? So you take the spot. You take that spot and take the damage. Yeah, that's that even better. better. In the
2: line of fire. we're just gonna keep making did you you miss did you miss uh
1: misspeak about mr kevin costner
2: i just wanted to not i just wanted to reference a bodyguard moment that's not kevin costner (laughs) yeah i like that they take they take your spot like
1: professor x in uh
2: (laughs) so so you could (laughs) could apocalypse so you could either endear yourself to that character or you could push that character into a snake pit (laughs) you
1: (laughs) you absolutely could you're not
0: careful how about this you have to move your speed to get next to them and then you switch spots. So they can be 7 squares away. You're moving 6 or or 7 squares, but you get next to them and then you switch. What if what if yeah. instead of
1: switching? Oh, this might okay, this might be even better cuz there's a risk associated with it. All right. What if you just knock that character over and you stand in their spot?
2: I was going to say cuz like mm. if if you're like, "Oh, he's going to knock him down." I'm like, "Can you really see that?" But if you run in, He's going to get knocked down anyway. Yeah, You you knock them down and you have the shield up. It seems a little too much where I see a hammer is about to come down on my friend. I'm going to run across the battlefield and I'm going to get to where they are throw the friend that way then bring up the shield then take the hit for them and then hit that guy yeah that's like but if you think of it like
1: fuck? you're running into you're running to home you know like home yeah, right days, yeah like right. where you're like i'm just going like yeah. i'm gonna do it yeah. it's more and of a you,
2: so if you like if you knock them down or push them one square yeah. and then take the hit that sounds more reasonable yeah it's me.
3: more but, of but, a shoulder check but yeah. you're
1: attacking while you're doing it you know so that like, makes sense
3: hit them with your shoulder as your weapon comes up
1: or maybe like you, you dive let's say, and swing. Yeah. If Imagine.
3: you're, if your movement speed is six and you move three to get to them, could you push them three spaces back?
1: Use the rest of your movement
3: speed. No, I, I no, almost I like, not. I
1: almost like either push them one square or knock them down, and you're in their spot.
3: I like pushing them
0: back one
1: square. And, and if, taking you, their if you, if you push, but
3: if you knock push down, them, knock
0: down could be really bad. Yeah, it could it could. But so
2: could pushing them. Like if you have to push them one square and you're on the edge of a cliff, you just like, oh, I guess then I ain't you don't do it. use it. You don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you could choose. They to don't, do You don't
0: have to do it. Why is that? Or you could push them the
3: other way. Hmm. Yeah, I would push them behind me,
2: and then they get phalanx.
1: I think it's the direction that you came from.
2: Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense that you're running this way, and then all of a sudden Josh and I switch spots. Well, we, do, we, we, do, we do a do-si-do, and then suddenly there's I'm the like... There's the
0: situation where? that if you're behind them and you run up to them, you might push them into the enemy.
1: I think you have to push them into a square adjacent to you that...
0: Is unoccupied?
1: It, yeah, an unoccupied right. adjacent square say the closest unoccupied jason square compared to the movement that you used all right we can figure out a way to say it actually just push i him, would say yeah, push him one square because you could, one you could square. run up and grab them and hook them yeah, like yeah you can yeah. shove them we
3: don't want to limit it too much
1: yeah i think we want it to be cool let's so do that
0: positioning is is cool epic yeah. yeah
1: all right the feature they have is armored dodge where you add plus one to your dodge while wearing heavy armor and wielding a heavy shield I don't really... I think that's pretty weak, actually. Uh,
0: Now that we have separated armor and dodge. Maybe say if you're wearing a heavy
1: shield and...
3: But that's limiting to just a heavy shield.
1: Yeah, but I think that's... If you take a heavy armor and a heavy shield, you're really sacrificing something. Maybe you don't... Maybe just you no longer suffer the movement effects of wearing heavy armor. Yeah. Because that's, that's plus two to... If
2: you're committing to the, you know... Yeah.
1: If you wear heavy armor and a heavy shield, you're losing two to your speed.
3: Mm-hmm. but i like i have heavy armor light shield
1: yeah and you're losing one to your speed i'm you losing can only move one five. to my speed
3: well then but you... i feel like at level two that's limiting
0: you know maybe level three level four more specialized. You, you want this deeper in on the path so that you can have more hybrid yeah two twos i think
3: two should get more than just that person who has a heavy shield it should offer to okay. more people
1: well maybe just if it's you don't suffer the movement penalty from wearing heavy armor yeah, then, that's then better. That person can wear a heavy In, shield. Including, with yeah. no With light armor, you know? Yeah.
0: Or wear heavy armor and still move
3: six. But that's what I'm and saying. And have it, and do wield. Yeah. Give them this at spot two so they can make that decision. Okay. So not just saying, well, you don't have a heavy shield now, so you can't use it.
1: What if it's no movement impairing effects from heavy armor and plus one to your judge when you equip heavy armor and a heavy shield? Yes. So both? So it rewards heavy armor use, which
0: makes sense to begin with, and then... The more like a classic citadel character that you are, the better the advantage.
3: I like that. And you get flame decals for your armor. Yeah,
0: <laughs> just a sweet paint job.
1: To describe how fast you got to run across the battlefield yeah. to yeah. get to, it to, to be, get to an
3: ally. If you're wearing red shoes, you get to move. Plus a little fire two in the engine movement. red on there, and just be uh,
2: running across that field. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: So, and the at will that they got, the utility action was into the fray. You choose an adjacent enemy and move up to your speed. And if you end that square, if you end that movement adjacent to the enemy. You do not provoke attacks of opportunity for doing it. That's okay. Hmm. I don't. I don't even really like it, to be honest with you. Uh, it's let's worry about utilities for step three. Let's do that. Move into step three, and we could change it later.
0: Yeah, that's for future uses.
1: <laughs> Fuck you, future us. Command. This one's gonna be fun. I got one called on my mark, and
3: can we call
2: it pitter patter?
1: <laughs> can we call it the Picard maneuver?
2: Can we call it the Costner gambit? Right now, <laughs> yes. it's just.
1: You signal all allies to strike at once, and all allies that you can see and who can see you can make a basic attack against enemies that you can see. No enemy may be targeted more than once for this attack. Yes, I think that's great. I, yeah. I, I mean, some people will look at that and be like, "Why would I want to do that?" There's not a lot of glory in that. And like, dude, you could wipe out so much.
3: Can we call in that I, one
1: move? Hold, hold. I like
0: that. With the only caveat, I would put on that: large characters to be able
1: to hit by more than one character.
2: Uh, yeah, cre- like if you got if if you're fighting a mean, troll, that's like yeah. huge, you know.
1: Cre- maybe your creatures your size or smaller, smaller can't.
0: Yes. Okay. That works. Yeah, just so that you can gang up on large thing, and you're like everyone fucking hit that.
2: Mechanically, I really like it, but I wonder does it make sense story wise? If everyone's in the middle of a battle, are you really just so story wise? Are you just shouting everyone hit that that thing? Yes. No, no,
1: no, no. You don't pick. One target to hit. You just say, like, everybody just hit something. But yeah, aren't they you, already doing that? The flavor is that you've been planning this with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, all right, you're the now's the
3: moment. Everybody do the thing that we planned. It's just, like, take the shot. I'm like, take the shot when they could be doing anything else.
1: Yeah. If you get into like each character individually, like somebody playing zealotry with a hammer is like, boom, 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 boom. And, and like, somebody with... like, what do you think I'm doing over here? Yeah, that's all I've been doing, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I wasn't doing everything, it's like, no, but you're the idea is you're creating the opening. I, I you're was, doing that, this. That yeah. was the cue to do the thing we agreed on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, that's a fastball maneuver, bro. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and the other one is called Clear Instruction. The feature, and as an enemy is in clear view of you, the attacks you grant against creatures concealed to your allies gain an additional plus two to attack. I think that's boring,
3: and, yeah, and
0: and, and confusing
3: because you're not always it's not always going to be hidden enemies.
0: It also doesn't when you read it on the page, you can't understand how good or bad it is, and
1: that's it's very situational. Yeah. yeah. So what is what is a, a feature you could give command?
2: Maybe something something along the lines of, like, a defensive thing where, story-wise, you tell players, oh, look out, he's got a hidden knife in his back belt or whatever, so that player now can take
1: less damage or have, like, an extra thing of defense knowing something about. What what if it's something as simple as, like, you spot openings created by other players? So maybe it's, like, uh, when an ally that you can see crits a target that you can see. You say, like, oh, his, he's got a bad knee. You see that as an opening and you can disengage one square. Mm-hmm. Very simple, but you could be like, ah, oh, this puts me in a better position. Maybe two squares.
0: Do you have to be in combat for that to happen?
1: How are you going to crit when you're not in combat?
0: When other characters crit? Yeah. So does the command character have to be in... Engaged? In, me- in melee no. distance?
1: The idea is that when it happens, it's such an opening in the battlefield that you're like, ah! Maybe like critical inspiration or something like that. Or
0: I- I'm just saying I'm-, I'm seeing a situation in which there's a champion fighting a dude command is fighting someone else champion crits they get to disengage from the
1: target that wasn't hit yeah i think so okay i mean maybe that's good maybe it's not maybe it's that when somebody crits you can pick somebody to disengage i like
0: that better because then it when when command does something for itself it
2: feels off flavor yeah okay So, so you're so like your champion crits on this guy and you tell someone else oh he just critted go help him finish that guy off or is that, But they don't take the penalty for disengaging? Someone just critted. It was such a moment,
0: and it drew enough attention from allies and enemies alike that there's now a minor lull in combat enough for something to get done, and, and Command is the one who's looking at the battlefield spherically enough to yeah, make that Where you're happen. like,
2: oh, the tables have just turned that much more.
1: Yeah. So what if, it's, what if it's if they crit, an ally of your choice can either disengage two spaces mm-hmm. or stand up from being knocked out? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Decay is up next. Yes. Step two. What we've got right now is Pangs of Death. And I, I like this one, and this may not even be the best, uh, the best thing to do, but I like the idea. So the idea is that any enemy currently undergoing ongoing effects specific to character powers, i.e. Zone of Decay, Challenge, mm-hmm. Martyr, Pinning Shot, anything that, that is a, a power effect, you target those enemies that you can see. And it does 3d8 plus Composure. So the mm. later you choose to use it, the better it is. But that's really that's a lot of damage.
0: That's a lot of damage if your party understands that power and does those things. Well, also, you have to keep track of everyone
1: who's
2: undergoing. Uh, but you,
1: know, you have to anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got if you're core decay, you have your own thing you got to track. You yeah. got to track malediction anyway. I I like that idea I because like that idea. it requires a, a clever player to really take advantage of it.
0: Yes, a lot of the magic classes I think should feel more erudite
1: no objections no no for the try all right i'm cool moving on to the feature which is enfeeble which is if you use an a malediction on an enemy already suffering from an ongoing effect like malediction or something like that you gain the upper hand against that enemy now what is the upper hand grant ranged characters Hmm,
2: good i mean just can
1: they make ranged opportunity attacks then maybe they can maybe they can because it's really hard to get upper hand against somebody as a range as character. a ranged character yeah like they you definitely don't get it if you're knocked down because it makes them harder to hit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So you could put malediction on somebody and you're like, I'm just putting him on again to get the upper hand. Yeah. So if he mo- if he attacks well, but if he attacks somebody who's not me, I'm gonna get a free attack against yeah. him. Yeah. But how long does it persist? How long do you have the upper hand?
0: One turn. You gotta so if, if Until the end of your next turn. So if there's that's a feature, right? Yeah. If you're if it's a single opponent, that's super useful, but if it's not, you're cracking. It's it, that's something to crack the hardest character or someone who's who's in the fray. What and if, I like that.
3: Or it just makes them like focus solely on you. devil malediction. But yeah, it, it makes them, it, it makes them
2: look at you. Though is that's it only the only if they attack an ally or if they move? They can still no. Shift. It's, it's
1: only if they attack an ally. They can disengage. When somebody doesn't disengage and they move, they get an attack of opportunity against them, and it's not because they had the upper hand. It's because they moved through a threatened square mm-hmm. without disengaging.
3: I was thinking, what if it's just they can't attack another? They can't attack an ally. Yeah, but I, I, mm-hmm. I
1: think the idea that you're forcing a bad guy to focus on you mm-hmm. is dangerous yeah. as a decay.
2: About, well, you arrange, too. It just kind of seems yeah. weird. It's, it's, hey, ugly! Like, what just, I don't know. What if, what if squishy. You,
1: you can grant... The upper hand to an adjacent ally. Yeah.
2: Ooh. I like that. I like that too. An ally that's adjacent to the to the enemy. But yeah. You, okay.
1: Or maybe to one to Yeah, it has to be adjacent, right? Because yeah. maybe we'll remove the upper hand for ranged characters. It's not something you can get as a ranged character. You can get the high ground. Maybe we'll work on that later. <laughs> <laughs> it's over, Anakin. <laughs> I know malediction, but I just keep thinking like
3: you turn that person into a swamp thing.
0: Well just imagine a straight two step malediction caster and a rogue and how just like, Oh, I cast it again. Rogue. You're going to backstab next turn. I think that's great. That's great. I love anything that, promotes interplay or communication. Yeah. Party cohesion. I'm immediately for because then you don't have to think of reasons why the party it is, sticks together.
2: Yeah. It is kind of cool to be like, oh, I cast that on him. And hey, stealthy guy. Remember, if you attack yeah. him now, you got him. You know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's, that's good. Let's well, like by now, Kelton Esmond are best friends. They're yeah. getting really tight.
1: All right. Fire. Liam, I know you're very interested in hearing this. I'm
0: very interested.
1: The Daily. I love the name. It's called Rogue Star. Go on and it hurts a sphere of superheated plasma descends from above obliterating everything it touches and adjacent enemies take five continuous fire damage and to sustain it it takes a swift action okay does 3d 10 plus composure
2: (sighs) okay what's the area of effect on that
1: one within 10 but enemies adjacent take an ongoing five and you can spend a swift action to make sure they keep getting that
0: i like that already yes
1: please it's simple it's simple
0: and also, it does the thing I wanted it to do. Because the, the option was a good single target damage, which I don't really have. Or I mean, do Bur- Burning Lance is good. Is, it's just not fine. as good as the ice yeah. the ice version. Oh, yeah. But Fire Burst is so great. Or a really dope area attack one. That one can crack armor easily. And that's what I like. Yeah, the 3D10 can. Yeah, oh, that, The ongoing 5 can't.
1: No, but fire, that's not the point. Fire
3: you know? itself is an area effect. Like, you stand next to a fire, you're you're not immune just because you're not standing in the fire. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Whereas like
1: ice is area yeah. effect attack. Like if you do damage to somebody and there's mm-hmm. an area component to it, it's the, it's a movement problem to everybody, but it, not a damage.
3: If problem. you stand next to a block of ice, you're does, fine. If you stand next to a fire, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. You're not.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> going on jaws at universal mm-hmm. and fire is like however many feet away. Yeah. from you yeah. you be still like, I feel singed. People would yeah. complain about being singed,
1: but they weren't singed. Yeah. It just was that hot to mm-hmm. feel it. Yeah. Now the feature, it might be fine. Mm hmm. It actually, it's probably fine. So it's called Pyroclasm. After you damage multiple enemies with fire on your turn, you get to add plus two damage to one enemy hit on your next turn, which plus two is fine, but I feel like you'd almost want to be like, add your composure damage because you can scale it. Yeah. Or you can, this is overpowered. You can deal an extra one fire damage for every enemy hit to one character on your next turn. but. Your fire boss does six; it, it can hit up to six people, yeah. And your next single attack does six extra damage. Maybe that's not that broken. You don't well, have anything that can hit like twenty people, no.
0: Unless, but then we can't do that later. But yeah. if we also do that later, then it's then again later's that's, fine. That's self-scaling because yeah. right now the max when you get it is is six, and I have never hit
1: six things. Well, don't you have a blast one? Like no. uh, okay, because that's that's seven. That's fine.
0: Well, actually, burning lance. Might have a blast one feature? I don't know. No, I it, so it, it, rarely it damages use it. The damage
1: adjacent enemies. Maybe uh, after... Because right now, the only thing about that is,
0: right now, all that augments is one attack.
1: All right, what if it's something like uh, you add a d6 of damage? Done. That's easy enough, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, told you. I like simple. All right, well, that's easy. Ice. Run to ice. Step two. We all love ice. Nobody's playing it. <laughs> so, right now, the daily attack is called Snap Freeze. It does three d six plus composure in an adjacent cone five. It's Ooh. a big area. Hmm. So maximum eighteen plus composure. So it's not devastating.
2: Can you show me a cone five real quick, just so I get a better idea? Sure.
1: Um, yeah. I can hit a lot of stuff, yeah. but it's yeah. not. That's not game breaking. No. Mm. Right. Right. No, that's four. Sorry, this is five. That's so
2: pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> but it's that's a daily. It's pretty There's, good. Yeah. yeah to have one. Yeah. yeah. One no, awesome that's...
0: power think about the moment that this brings up you step forward at the beginning of a scene and just go fuck you <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah. you're spent you can't do it again that's yeah. it yeah that's but it's it. a good it's a good opening move and it's an
2: epic moment if and you yeah. do it right
1: and ice is very situational like they you have to play things kind of close to the vest with ice yeah. so what, what it is is you do 3d6 plus composure and affected creatures are immobilized and weakened until the end of your next turn i think remove immobilized they're slowed okay
0: yeah, I was gonna say
1: maybe that's yeah because three D six I don't really want to nerf the damage on it because I feel like they, they that's, do that's need daily yeah their, their area damage is not that great no I like so flavor wise
2: what are we saying is happening with that you're freezing the ground or something or I think or... you're just blasting them with a cone of cold basically yeah okay. I'm and seeing a kamehameha Like Superman of... like blowing uh, yeah down the street. like Superman yeah. yeah
3: I like it because they're slowed and then that goes with the uh, champion yeah yeah
1: maybe it's they're just slowed we don't need to deal with weakened where they deal half damage or anything like that. No. Because unless, also, unless
2: they're already weak to ice or something like that,
1: yeah, ice gets bonuses to people who are affected by its movement mm-hmm. impairing yeah. I And mean, You
2: already got someone who was the one we just gave the Champion. bonus to. That, that just if they're if they're slowed, you already got like shit Champion. on them. Yeah. yeah, plus their nose is going to get runny. Yeah.
0: Also, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we need to put weakened on anything because part of the fun of the game is how much damage enemies do to begin with. If you can, if you can make things weakened. That, that can make a lot of That would of have characters. to be like a high level. When you combine you know, that with armor, that gets ridiculous.
1: But yeah. we don't have anything that lasts longer right now than one turn. All right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, one round is the longest anything lasts. One of the game-breaking things about spells in Pathfinder 3.5 is that a lot of spells is like, oh, yeah, you'll do it for 1d6. Okay, six rounds, this guy can't do anything but laugh. That's you know, the like, end of the combat. Yeah, you win. You'll win in six rounds.
3: I've done so much terrible things with Tasha's hideous laughter.
1: So, the feature for ice is cold-blooded, and enemies that strike you with a melee attack are slowed until the end of their next turn.
0: Great. I like it. It's immediately self-moving, and again, it adds to champion. That's great.
1: When somebody hits you as ice and your core ice, you don't provoke attacks of opportunity from that character for moving. Mm-hmm. So, somebody can hit you, and next round, you're like, I'm just going to move my speed away from them because they're slowed. And they and can't catch. Cheers. Yeah.
3: Cold as ice, and you're looking to sacrifice.
1: Our love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's Great. Next. It has nothing to do with Kevin Costner, but
2: I'll <laughs> like, like we'll find a way. Like Kevin yeah. Costner and Dragonfly?
1: Nobody saw that movie done.
2: Yeah. I was just hoping that maybe a scene that somehow does I it it. It. All <laughs> right. So,
1: Marksman, uh, devastating shot. It just does triple weapon damage plus intelligence, and you just take a careful aim at your enemy's most vital area. I don't, I don't know. It's
3: fine.
0: It's just boring. It's really straightforward.
1: But yeah. I
3: like it because it's great when you get to do that. As much as it you know, when you're just plinking away and you're not really doing... When you have something that can really do some damage, yeah. it feels real nice. Should something need to trigger it? What would I, make this fun? I, no, wait, I, what if, what if, Well, doing so- the damage to me is fun, but if we need something else, that's fine. I just feel like what doing if you damage is fun.
1: What if you don't move, you deal an extra weapon damage? Like in that round? Yeah, if you don't move that round, if you sacrifice... If you spend your movement action to just take care of flame uh-huh. before mm-hmm. doing this ability, you get an extra weapon damage. I like that. Okay, so it goes up to uh, four weapon. All right. Yeah,
0: it just adds it adds versatility. Where like if you if you have control enough of the battlefield, mm-hmm. you get a bonus. I like that.
3: It's like when Wolf is in the noose and Kevin Costner has to really take aim to
0: shoot the rope. <laughs>
2: make, <laughs> the look, Josh is giving <laughs> make, make it specifically that you
0: have to spend your movement action on it, so that command that turn could have moved you already. I was going to throw out the idea of doing two arrows at once. Or Christian Slater when he's
3: tied to the barrel of uh, gunpowder for some reason. Split the arrow?
0: I was going to say split the arrow where, like, after a successful critical hit, you just get to also do this and just fire another shot.
1: So we moved something. I I think we've already agreed on what the feature is for Marksman. We moved it into step two because we didn't want them to have too many features. Uh And it's... Allies do not provide cover for enemies against your range attack anymore.
0: That's dope. Yeah, that's immediately amazing. You have to I be want,
1: step two into marksman to get it. I want that so
2: bad. It's big for step two though. Nah. Yeah. It's
1: just allies. Enemies can provide cover for each other, but mm. but you can shoot the gap through allies to hit them. Mm. I like it, Doug. It's great, and I want. I, that. No, I love the ability.
2: I just I, is step two too soon.
0: I don't Good think, question. I don't think step two is too soon that way other ranged characters can grab it and it doesn't have to be a giant
1: investment and but it's it, not but it ta- it's not that huge of a bonus it really yeah. isn't I mean you take you take a negative for trying to shoot through allies it's like a negative four but you can it's generally you can usually move yeah but now you just don't have to and with hexes it's easier to to
2: get a clear shot yeah is there still a penalty if you miss? Do you still hit your ally, or is it no. just that you don't miss? You, if you miss, you you miss. You don't hit your ally. You just miss. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, if you spend a lot of momentum, yeah, and you, and you still fail. miss, oh boy, that
3: would be great. Just ah! <laughs> All
1: right. Radiance is up next. The daily we've got right now is I have called Heaven's Favor. It does three d six, and it's an adjacent blast too. So on your on your space, mm-hmm. what? No, adjacent blast was supposed to be burst. Oh, so a blast is from the center of a square. So mm-hmm. the idea is it would be two from a center point. So from the center, it's a big area. Uh-huh. And spontaneous sunbeams break the gloom of combat, highlighting you and your allies. Yeah, you as well as allies within the zone, gain your composure as health, and all of your heals until the end of the encounter grant additional health equal to your composure. Ooh. Enemies within the zone deal half damage until the end of your next turn.
2: That's a lot all at once.
3: I like it because they're dazzled. It's like the dazzling.
0: One of the things that we've been doing with Radiance is making sure that they're solid enough for people to want to play them. I I like this right now. Okay. You need and it. it's, it's only for half damage for a single turn, right? Yeah. It gives you a breather. It gives you a breather turn. It's not enough damage to do a whole lot unless they're really, really right up on you, and then you're kind of fucked. So that's a, that's
1: a good moment, too. And the only gain your composure is health. Yeah. So it doesn't heal your allies, yeah. except for your composure score, which maximum is four. It's just like a... Yeah, it's just a quick thing where they get composure, yeah. but it augments the rest of your heals, and the allies do less damage for one round.
0: Allies do less damage? Sorry.
1: Enemies oh. do less damage for one round.
0: <laughs> that would be...
1: Yeah. Everybody, calm down. It's, <laughs> yeah. <all> right, everybody, <laughs> still be pretty good. Yeah. I'm playing peacemaker here. <laughs> like, yeah, can't we all just think about there's, this for a second, guys? There's
3: good people on both sides.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What's the feature? Uh, critical hits against enemies grant you shielding equal to twice your composure. For how long? Until it runs out.
0: Or you get new shielding because it can't shouldn't be able to stack.
1: No, it doesn't. Sh- no, shielding yeah. never stacks. Yeah. So, like, maximum you could ever get is eight. If an enemy hits you for ten, you take two damage, and it's gone.
0: Yeah, and we have Martyrdom still a thing, right? Yes,
1: Martyrdom is still a thing. That synergizes... It'll chip away, yeah.
0: Yeah, that synergizes well with Martyrdom. I like that.
1: Okay. All right, Radiant Overflow. That's done. We're cruising. Scoundrel. Their attack I got right now is called Execution. Does three weapon plus strength. If an enemy is at half health or lower, it's increased to four weapon. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good because it, it you don't have to sacrifice anything for it. No, unlike you don't have to sacrifice Although, your move action for marksman.
0: Do you do dude? If that is if that's with sneak attack and a crit though, that thing is what's fucking the, what's the, dead. Unless is, you're
1: using a dagger. because that's, the, like 4d4 is not that great, but man, if you're you could be scoundrel and be using a battle axe, and you're like execution, <laughs> you
2: know, like
1: you could. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was going to ask what's the what's the current in game uh, signal for someone who is at half health now.
1: We just say half health. Oh, you just mm-hmm. say it, you
2: don't, just... Yeah, because
1: I I think it's more descriptive than having its separ- its own term, and it really does mean half health.
3: Because literary Conan is scoundrel, not barbarian, right? A hundred percent. Well, I think yeah, okay, if if he's both.
0: He's cross class. Yeah. He's if champion.
1: Him, if we build him into this, he's he's definitely champion core, mm-hmm. multi class into scoundrel with some zealotry.
2: But I'm saying like you don't say oh he's bloodied or he's staggered no. or he's no. whatever. You just say oh he's at half health now.
0: Yeah, if he's at half health. We can think of a different one. We could do a literary term at some point. Half health
1: isn't confusing. No, Blooding is confusing. Yeah,
2: that's why I was asking. Just because if there's like, oh wait, I thought he was. Oh, never mind. I don't want to do that daily anymore. Like, that what if you say,
1: know. oh, they're
0: halvesies? You just asked before. Is this guy at half health?
1: Yeah, because we. The problem too is that it, the description says if the target is bloodied and the GM hasn't announced that they're bloodied, it's tough on the GM to be like, oh, the, you know, every time somebody gets bloodied, they go, this guy is bloodied, but the players have a hard time even remembering to say oh i'm bloodied you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. so like this one you're like i'm gonna use execution is he at half health you're like yeah go for it cool i love because
2: you only need to know if he's at half, half health if you're gonna you know you're do a thing, thing anyway, yeah so uh
1: and for the feature i have fast target i feel like this one's more fun <laughs> than than useful but for every attack of opportunity you incur while moving you add one to your speed for that move
0: I don't know if you'd ever
1: fucking use that though. But that almost sounds like you could potentially create a rail gun. You know, like
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, just like a pinball machine
2: Like through the yeah. battlefield,
1: I, or they just lined up in rows beside you, and you run between all these people, and you get to move twenty-four spaces in six seconds. Like,
0: I am, oh, I almost wanted to do the opposite though. It's where where you're like where you're just like,
2: shit, 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 shit. you're doing Indiana Jones and, with the darts.
3: it's like the opening of Dances with Wolves. You know when he's on the horse and all the <laughs>
0: goddamn it, goddamn it, Max, you fucker.
2: Yeah, oh no, that feature does the I was opposite. Say it is in water world where he's swimming under the water oh, and they're right. shooting at him from the sides, which would be fine because I
3: hear bullets lose their velocity as soon as they hit water.
1: Yeah, it's like they hit a they hit a wall basically. Yeah. So. What don't you like about it flavor-wise? Because that sounds like that's the issue.
0: Uh, It's it's not flavor. It's what that would do for the character. Rogues are pretty squishy, and taking attacks of opportunity is very literally the last thing they want to do.
2: So wait, are you just saying it's
0: high risk, low reward? It's high risk, low reward to the point of, I would be amazed if in an entire campaign you ever saw it used. But if you did... It would be really great, but I don't see it being used. What is there? Is there... Wait, so... Rogues are
2: very squishy. What's the... Is there a way you can make it not as high of a risk? Like, if you're going to incur the attack of opportunity and you're going, like, that fast, if there's, like, a way someone, the Radiance could bless you where it's just like, oh, you're f- somehow I, where it's not quite, you I know. Will,
0: I will say this. A rogue, the way that it's been played right now and the, uh, the amount of staying power they have, the idea of taking an attack of opportunity... You wouldn't trade damage for damage straight up, let alone damage for move.
1: What if it's if somebody misses you with an attack of opportunity, you get to disengage. That's great because that way you're not trading it. And with the changes we made to upper hand, you you there's a chance you're going to take some opportunity attacks. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're if somebody misses you, you want out immediately. Yeah. And and scoundrel should be a little slippery. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, Could that be man, with
0: grapple too? I do want to make scoundrel a little more survivable without adding Armor or anything. What if like, it's just whenever somebody misses you
1: with a melee attack?
3: All right. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like if somebody tries to grapple you and they miss, you could
2: kind of bounce off of them. Like a greased weasel. Or a greased Scotsman. Yeah. There's an animal alive that cannot run a greased Scotsman.
1: Grease <laughs> me up,
2: woman. <laughs> all right. He was a Spaniard, I believe. Groundskeeper Willie? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Egyptian Spaniard, I believe. So we got zealotry. So uh-huh. you need a lot of zeal. We have one called... Right now I have something called Condemnation. And it's an attack with melee or ranged and it does one weapon damage plus your damage stat you call down judgment on an enemy sealing their fate and until the end of the scene all targeted attacks against that cre- affected creature deal 1d6 additional radiation damage i like mm. now that's not just you that's everybody everybody who does a targeted attack which means no area attacks which should facilitate that like this is the last guy you're facing yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah or with
0: yeah. the one big guy yeah. yeah. Or, or, yeah, let's do this early on so that we can always just keep chipping away. Yeah,
1: just, you, you're, we're trying to focus somebody down, and yeah. I'm going to but, judge them.
0: And a d6 is the highest amount of armor someone can have, so that's a good, mm-hmm, good base. But it's just
1: extra damage on every attack that's yeah. targeted against them. I like it. So, like, even the ray attacks won't work on it. Or the vectors? Yeah. Yeah, vector, vector attacks won't work. In the feature is called Sparks from the Anvil and critical hits against enemies heal allies within 10 spaces for double your composure. I love
0: that. Okay. I would just imagine uh, imagine being zealotry with a dagger.
1: <laughs> yeah, or any piercing, uh, piercing uh, weapon. You can have a spear. Yeah, you know? that'd be cool. But your composure is only, you know... You're oh, not no, going to have four composure no. zealotry. <laughs> well, the, well,
0: <laughs> it's not. And the fact that it's procked randomly... Well, not randomly, but it... It's not, random. Not at... Yeah, not at will... It makes it fun. It makes it fun
1: because it's good. We introduced a few critical hit features yeah. in step two. and I, I, think, like, I like them. You guys I like, all go cool with that? I like them. That's all of them, guys.
0: All right. That was easier Feel than good I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, well, because a lot of it's already done. We don't have to brainstorm. Like, we had ideas for them that we went over, you know, separately mm-hmm. while we were talking about it through other episodes. Step three is going to be a little more of a bear because we have to find, like, extra little exceptions that people have. Yeah. But I'm into it.
3: I think by step three, you're, you're starting to focus. You're not just reaching in to get something.
1: Maybe.
0: I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, I, 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 I think
1: limiting yeah. the number of per scene and dailies you can use per scene and daily is actually going to promote more multi-classing. Yeah. So you have like a, different, you have a wider deck of cards. It's uh, a bag yeah. of tricks. Yeah. Because I know what's going to happen
0: is if you go straight path, some of your encounter per scene or daily abilities will just straight up replace yeah. the other ones. But I like that, too. Yeah, it's easier like, to scale. The thing that you do but harder is a great way to scale things or someone could be a jack of all trades and be like what what do we need to get done i can do it serviceably okay well i feel good about it
1: you guys all feel good about it Mm -hmm. i feel great okay so i feel like we covered a lot here today we did changes to the upper hand which i feel very good about yes now the thing is opportunity attacks are limited you only do one per round unless you're citadel Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's not that broken no all right but it is threatening it does (laughs) it Mm -hmm. makes you think so we change the upper hand to you have the upper hand against an enemy and he doesn't attack that doesn't include you, you get to make an opportunity attack against them. Limiting the number of per scene and daily abilities that you can use per scene and per day. We talked about rewarding the, the idea of rewarding GMs or just incentivizing people just to not be up the shit. question. Yeah. yeah, to to make it feel like you're collaborative and You're a part of the game, not yeah. just, you know. And and the idea that it's important that your players appreciate what you're doing. And we ran down step two. We got a bunch of stuff now. Yeah. We're ready, which is a big deal because in our playtest, I think everybody's ready for it, right? I mean, who doesn't have more than 50 momentum right now? I think we all do. Yeah. Katie might not. Yeah, she might not. But uh, that's the thing. She it came in later. 50 momentum, you can take one step and still have 20 momentum left over, which is a pretty good buffer.
0: Yeah. Question is, do I do I go step 3 fire, do I get my burning you mean star? Step 2, step 2 and fire, or do I get something fun? Like go ice at a just oh. full left field, as if
2: step two and fire isn't fun. Yeah, it sounds fun, it's all pretty fun. Yeah, when and you can go
1: marksman.
3: If you had your ice, you shoot your fire at it, and you just create a wall of steam, hide yourself. That sounds fun for like two seconds. Yes, yeah. all right, guys. Thank
1: you so much. We really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing here and you want to play at home with your friends. On Patreon, we were releasing all the PDFs of everything we're creating. Everything we talk about on here, we try to condense and make a rule book. And at the $5 tier on Patreon, we're releasing those PDFs as we complete each section. So we've already released uh, up to step one on of the paths and up next is going to be the races and it's taking quite a lot of writing so our plan is to focus right now on anything that will help you create a character as fast as possible because the rule book as we understand it is constantly changing so nailing down the rules will be one of the last things we do but if you listen you know what we're doing and you know how to play the game mm-hmm. so if you want to reach out to us though you can always comment on any patreon post we make even if you're not a patron
3: do you have a favorite kevin costner movie Let us know what it is.
1: Yeah, at the $10 tier, if you want me to try to pretend to be Kevin Costner.
3: (laughs) Ooh, which one? There's so many good ones to pick.
1: Yeah, and they all sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we're on Facebook.com slash RPGFS. And find us on Twitter at Homebrew
3: Ombres. That's Homebrew Ombres, not Homebrew Ombre. And we're on Instagram at
0: RPGfromscratch, all one word. If you want a bare-bones version of the rule set, check out our wiki at RPGFS.wikia.com. And until next time, guys...
1: Stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest.
3: Kisses.